You're tuning into the Active Mom Podcast with physical therapist, Dr. Carrie Pagliano, a real mom's guide to all things postpartum return to workouts after baby. If you're a postpartum mom, coach, trainer, or physical therapist looking for answers on how to get back to running, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, HIIT, you name it without the fear of pelvic floor issues or doing something wrong, this is the podcast for you. Let's start the show. All right, welcome back to the Active Mom Postpartum Podcast. I am incredibly excited to chat visually with Jenna Perkins today. We worked with each other for a really long time, and this is the first time that we've kind of been able to do um, a face-to-face. Jenna just opened a new practice in Alexandria, Virginia, Discover Health, and um, super excited to have you on. Maybe you could share just a little bit about yourself and then um, this practice that you started. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. I'm so excited to talk with you, Carrie. And like you were saying, we have shared so many mutual patients over the years, and I feel like we are friends. Yeah. Um, and so this is just like a a, a very, very um, happy time for us to finally be doing something like this. Yeah. So yeah, I am Jenna Perkins. I am CEO and founder of Discover Health. It is a boutique women's wellness practice um, and really designed to pair my expertise in postpartum and pelvic floor and urogyne and urology and OBGYN and complex, all of the, the things that I have learned and the tools that I've gained over the years with my desire to give women the care that they deserve. Um, I am newly postpartum for the second time in Yay! two and a half years. So I have a two and a half year old and a nine month old, or he's 10 months old now. So um, I am in the throes of You it. are in it, plus starting a new business. So technically that's your third child anyway. So. Third, baby. <laughs> third baby. Yep. So I am in it, in it. And really just so excited to be able to create a space that I feel that I deserve as a new mom. And yeah. to be able to extend that same type of love and tender care to my clients, it's just been so rewarding. I'm loving it. No, I was really happy to see you doing this because I'm like, yay, now they they don't have to wait forever to see a good, get good care. So I'm super excited yes. for you. Thank All right. You. So you've been in like the pelvic space for a while. Like what are the most common questions that you get from pregnant and postpartum women? Like what do they come in asking you? Yeah. For postpartum moms, it's how come nobody warned me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that this will happen. Um, and my response to that is a lot of times we just take it for granted, all of the knowledge that we have. Um, and it's just not enough time to explain every single possibility that could right. possibly happen. And then we would scare everyone, right? Yes. Like nobody would have a baby if you knew what was on the other side of it. <laughs> any sense, you would probably that would be, be like, the end of it. <laughs> it would be the end of humanity, okay? Not doing that, not going anymore. Um, and I will also say that even if you know all of the things, like I am an expert in this and I still had postpartum complications. I still had a postpartum hemorrhage with my first daughter. You know, yeah. I really like designed my birth experience. I had a beautiful home delivery and still ended up almost like bleeding to death after. Right. right. So it's not a whole lot in this experience that you can control. And I think that that is the first lesson in motherhood is letting go of that control. I Definitely like that. making sure that you are prepared and safe and know how to advocate for yourself um, and have a partner that can advocate on your behalf if you are, you know, otherwise um, 
obligated doing other things like breastfeeding or you know trying to survive so the education piece has to be there but the horror stories i don't think that women necessarily need you know right. i think that we should um explain to women that yes it can be terrible but also it can be a very beautiful thing and a very beautiful experience and as long as you are safe then you are okay yeah, no, a similar thing with me. And I, I, I always, it took me a little while to be able to share my story because you you kind of, you know, I laminated my birth plan that puts you a little bit into my head and I've, I've moved away from that, thank goodness. But like, I was, I thought I was being helpful. I was like, oh, well, let me laminate this because something might get on it and this is my right. plan. And really, I, you know, thinking you're like, this is my day job. I have to get this right. Of course I'm going to get it right. And then, no, you never had a chance because not everything is under your control. Um, and we live in a very- And there is no right. No, and there is no right. And we live in a very, um, I think there, there's a lot of educated people here, but there's a lot of, and an older mom can say that, you know, we, we like to control things a little bit and that sometimes doesn't work. <laughs> It never works. It never works. Because again, there are just certain things that are out of our control. Right. Like I, I tried my hardest to have this perfect delivery and I did a great job of the thing, doing the things that I could control, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I bled out like a, a stuck pig, right? Oh like what goodness. are you going to do about that? So oh except goodness. for know what to do and know right. when to transition to a hospital and, you know, try to advocate for yourself to get the best care. And there's nothing wrong if that happens. Like that's good if you have a provider in a home birth that knows, hey, we need to move here. This is going to be a thing. So yes, yeah, yes, oh yeah. my gosh. Um, so that is probably the most common things I hear from postpartum women. Like, how can nobody tell me? No one told me that you know all of these things could happen. And it's like, well, in a 15 minute visit, you're not going to get all. You're not going to hit all the things. Yeah. So yeah. what, what do you see the most? Like what are, what are the most common issues that people kind of seek care for? Yeah. So my kind of bread and butter is the complex GYN stuff. So the vulvodynia, the hormonally mediated vestibulodynia. So these kind of hard to treat, hard to diagnose, complicated patients. People are like, I don't know what to do with you. So please go see Jenna. Right. Um, and I worked in a busy urology clinic. So, of course, I saw the overactive bladder, urinary retention, urinary incontinence, bladder prolapse, like that kind of run of the mill. And I'm saying it's, you know, like the easy stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that there are a lot of providers out there that are equipped to handle that stuff. Yep. But for the more complex, complicated, especially the hormonal pieces. Yes. That's that's kind of like I said, like my my niche and within my niche. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, and in, in, at least in physiotherapy, like we we kind of treated it that way as well. I And I think that's how we connected was I used to do a lot of chronic um, pelvic pain work, but I was also doing some postpartum stuff on the side. But then seeing actually that a lot of these higher level athletes that, you know, would have um, prolapse or leakage or things like that actually had a lot of complexities musculoskeletally, hormonally, kind of all these other things going on. I'm like, oh, actually these, these run of the mill things are actually just as complicated. And I'm glad you brought up hormones because the thing that I hear all the time from clients and, and I have yet to get a straight answer on this is like, oh, well just stop breastfeeding and it will all go away. Like your pro your prolapse symptoms or your leakage symptoms. And there's so much 
that um, these women are told that, oh, these hormones are so high, it's relaxing. And everything that I've read is like, you get a big drop the first couple months, but there's not that much. And so I tell people, like, I have yet to see maybe like one person in 20 years that had this huge impact after they Stop. stopped breastfeeding. And who's going to stop doing that anyway, especially with a, you know, a formula shortage. Um, right. So for you, like, what, what are your thoughts? And, and, you know, what do you tell moms that say, hey, you know, are my symptoms of prolapse and leakage? Is that solely a hormonal issue related to breastfeeding? Yeah, I never say anything is solely, right? It's, it's <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> one thing and working in this complicated space, like I've learned that, you know, it's not just one thing that is causing your leakage. It's not just one reason right. that you have this prolapse. It's usually super complicated, right? Especially yep. with prolapse, like what happened to your mom? What happened to your grandmother? You know, um, there is a genetic component too. What type of movement are you doing? How are you doing that movement? What type of genetic conditions do you have that might make you more prone to prolapse, right? And so then adding a 10-month pregnancy on top of that with all of the pressure and the gravity, that's just going to make things worse. And so it's really not one thing. And so stopping breastfeeding is not going to cure anything except yeah. maybe the anxiety that you have around breastfeeding, right? Right. That's pretty much, you know, there's no silver bullet for any of these things, but breastfeeding and stopping breastfeeding is never just the answer. I um, don't think so either. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so either. And even if it is that like your hormones are suppressed by breastfeeding, which is a fact and true, and it can make you have dryness and make you have pain and cause the urethra to not have the, the structural integrity to stay closed so you can be more prone to leakage. All of these things are true, but stopping breastfeeding on a Monday Wednesday, you're not going to have that bounce back, right? Right. Your right. hormones are not going to be back to normal. And so what do we do with that? And so usually it's, okay, well, it's going to take months for these hormones to get situated anyway, if they ever do, right? So we're going to have to do some sort of treatment anyway. So why would I stop that connection between you and your baby, right? Because usually if they're asking the question and they haven't elected to stop breastfeeding on their own, right. it's something that they want to do. That's a good right? point. So why would I snatch this experience away from you if it's really not going to be that helpful and we're still going to have to do other things anyway? Right. Do you ever um, talk to moms about any sort of like topical hormones or things like that during breastfeeding? Because I've had some that somebody approached them about it, but they're like, oh, well, that'll mess up your, your, um, your nursing. And then that freaks them out. And so then they just continue to have like the dryness and the pain with sex and that superficial kind of discomfort that we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing to know is that there are no studies on breastfeeding or pregnant right. women, right? So we just don't have the data for me to give you a straight up answer and say that just this is awful. unsafe or that yeah. it's going to work, right? So I just don't know. Um, but what I will say is that if you are in to see me, it, on average, my clients have seen five other providers before they Yeah. Me, right. So if you made it to a point where you are committed enough to this problem and want to see results, let's make a change. Let's do something, right? So most people are like, yes, it could possibly theoretically impact my supply. But at this point, we're four months in, five months in, you know, like they're usually right. into the breastfeeding. So drink a little bit more water and let's get, let's take care of you, mom, because if you are stressed and in pain and anxious, that does terrible things to your supply. 
Yeah, that's actually going to be worse than probably any hormone impact could ever be. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. the stress of of not being able to feed your baby. Um, mm -hmm. Or yeah. being in physical pain, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Or not be able to have a normal sex life or have discomfort or things like that. Yeah, no, it really is. It's there, I think you bring up a really good point is like, the research isn't awesome. Nobody's throwing research dollars at postpartum women at this point. And, you know, we've been, we've both been in this long enough to know that it's not coming anytime soon. Mm -mm. So we're taking our, you know, our best guess, but it's really, it's a cost benefit sort of mm -hmm. thing. And that's why there's different answers for different people mm -hmm. um, and different resources and that sort of thing. So yeah, you um, definitely have to evaluate the, the client in front of you. And every patient is going to be different and at a different point in their journey. But most people, if I give them the the data that we do have in the direction that I am used to giving, which is, yes, there are these theoretical risks, but like, what can we do for you? Right. Because you are the right. client. I am treating you. Um, how can we get you be get you better? These are the tools that we have. Yeah. So let's try it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. But I, I think to your point too, I mean, lots of times by the time women have gotten to you, they've seen multiple providers. Ideally, we're trying to change that. I'm, I'm sending you some early on these days and you've been incredibly helpful. Thank you. I appreciate um, the support. <laughs> um, so for you, because it takes women so long to get answers in some of these complicated cases, how, what kind of advice can we give women to help better advocate for themselves when they're trying to find answers, a provider that listens to them? Like what, what are kind of like the signs of, oh, you know what, we might just want to, you know, wrap things up here and, and kind of move along until we find somebody that that's kind of going to suit this, this situation or be able to give me answers. What, what advice can you give? Yeah, I would say that, you know, if it's going to take you a long time to get in to see a provider that you trust, right? So say you have found a vulvodynia expert, but it's going to take you some months or weeks in order to get in. Use that time to educate yourself, right? There are books. Um, and I actually have a store, a shop. Um, and I offer lots of like books and things that you can read to have self-directed learning. Is that on your website? Yeah. So discover.com is my okay. main website. And then if you just want to look for like product recommendations, nursegenerecommends.com. Ooh, I didn't know about that. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So all of my like lube recommendations and books and, and all of that stuff you can find at nursegenerecommends.com. Okay, cool. So the best way to advocate for yourself is by having that education piece. And so if you have some time between seeing me, usually I can get you in much sooner than, you know, a lot of other providers. But if you are looking to be an advocate for yourself and looking to help your partner or family to give you that support, then read all of the books. Try to do, you know, put your researcher hat on. A lot of women feel like they are not qualified to have access to this information because they don't have a degree. I'm not yeah. a nurse. I'm not a doctor. And this information should not be gatekept. It is yeah. your body. You deserve to know what is out there. And so that self-directed learning and the education piece is super important. In fact, the HER and Discover Health is for healthcare, what I offer, education, and resources. Ooh, that's so, good. Yeah. Good, good, Mark. Good, good branding there. I like that. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I've tried to yeah. be as thoughtful as possible, really, in every step. 
of yeah. building this practice to to again make it reflect what I think I deserve as a client. Like, what is it that I want to see? What is it that I want to experience as a new mom? And and yeah. offer that, extend that to my clients. So for you, like, what were what were those pieces that because you were in, you know, you're working for a large institution for a long time, like what was missing in that experience, not only as a provider, but as, you know, a mom, like that made, like, what are, what are those kind of pillars that you're like, Hey, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. These were the things that were missing. This is what I want every mom to have access to. Like, what, what are those pillars for you? The biggest thing is time. Yeah. (laughs) You can't get a good diagnosis. You can't give good education. You can't, you know, give good, um, direction on using these resources and tools in a 15 minute visit. Right. You just can't do it. It's not possible. It's not fair to providers because, you know, you want to be empathetic and you want to give the best care and you have all of this knowledge and you want to make it translate to every single patient. But when you're seeing 15, 20 patients a day, it's not fair. You can't, you can't show up as yourself fully in that type of practice. It's just not possible. Yeah. And when you have so much trauma, because that's what it is, right, related to these different diagnoses for clients, like they deserve space. They have to have space to get comfortable with you as a provider, right, to have all of their questions answered, to be able to have time to be able to learn. And so really time is at the the core of it all. So every new patient I schedule for 60 minutes, whether they think they need it or not. You Um, could probably go longer, right? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And we only have two minutes left together in our time, Mm -hmm. but I would love to see you for a follow-up. And most people are like, okay, cool. When, when can I come back in? Cause I have more questions, you know? Um, So it's really just time. And I think I got good at it when I was at a busy health center, um, making the most out of my time. And I had a really good team that supported me, but it still just wasn't enough. Yeah. You know, really this practice is about luxury, right? So what's the difference between uh, a luxurious experience at an OBGYN or a women's health practice and the traditional care that we have deserved? And you, you, that luxury, you deserve time. Totally. Especially moms that are running around and they've got little ones at home or all of that. They need, they deserve that time to sit and breathe and be heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, as you well understand with the little ones. <laughs> yes, so for I, you, I, active mom of two, um, I, I'm curious, like since you were kind of in this space, what was, what was your expectation kind of going into this is what an active mom would look like and what's the reality <laughs> Yeah, I really thought that I was going to be like walking with my baby in a stroller like twice a day and just like pushing them uphill and getting my cardio and like maybe even running with them, you know, like parking them in front of a TV or something while I hop on the Peloton bike. And the reality is that like that ain't happening, right? (laughs) (laughs) The reality is that it's hard to have time, right? Especially if I'm giving so much of myself and so much of my time to other women, it is difficult for me to carve out that time for myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm still learning, right? I'm still I, I am too, if that if that helps. And my kids are eight and eleven, so I'm still learning. <laughs> yes. I'm still trying to make it a priority. And so conversations like this are a reminder like, hey, you're showing up for everybody else. You need to schedule some time to show up for yourself. Yeah. That's um, that's honestly, I almost think that that's 90% of you know, 
setting up a, you know, a successful postpartum is, and, and I didn't do a great job of this the first time around either, was literally you need to outsmart yourself. You need to figure out what resources you have that with the exercise programs I give people, I'm like, how little do you need to do so no one dies? Like you need like, <laughs> like you will do these exercises because you will notice a change. And when you notice the change, then we can progress. And like, but it can't be this huge list of things and it can't be, I'll get to it this morning. It has to be, I will go pee. I will go downstairs to the yoga mat that is already set up. I will do these three exercises. And once the baby cries, then I will go and get the baby. And then I am done for the day. Like when mm -hmm. that, be, like it has to be, like that article, mm -hmm. but you have to keep changing it. Cause as you well know too, you add another baby to the mix or if somebody's sick, like you have to be an expert at like plan B and C and D and E and F, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you have to have a plan and you yes. also have to have support, right? Very much so. And identify so and talk to that support and whoever mm -hmm. that may be or whatever that may look like. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. people can't read your mind. And if you're feeling like, okay, I really need this from my partner, but your partner has no clue because they are still in the you know postpartum period too. Maybe they weren't the birthing partner and they don't have right. to physically recover, but they still have a lot to adjust and they have a new normal too. And so you have to really say, okay, hey, partner, I need you to show up for me in this way. And you have to be explicit about it yep. and not um, put it on them to to read what your needs are because yep. you may not know and they definitely don't right know. no i think it's hard to when you're trying to still figure that out for yourself to ask for what you need um but at least just hey i don't know what i need but i need something mm -hmm. um it may be five minutes it may be hey when the baby wakes up i'm still finishing my workout can you go get the baby while i finish this up because it's important to me and mm -hmm. if i'm happy then everyone's happy <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. Or, yeah. you know, I need, if I'm breastfeeding, I need for you to clean the bottle parts, you know, yep. um, it has to, but you have to say that because again, yep. you're figuring it out and there's an intuitive kind of knowledge that we have as mothers and as birthing individuals that our body kind of like lets us know certain things, you know, like I need rest, I need whatever, right. like your body will give you those signs. It won't necessarily tell your partner that for you. Right, you right. And so again, I don't know that that changes. Um, I mean, we've got a big gap between the two of us, but like I still have continuous heart rate monitoring to know that, you know, I go to sleep sometimes before my kids because I'm like, I am trashed. I need to get sleep. And even my husband, bless his heart this morning, he's like, do you want me to just take the kids to school? I'm like, nope, I'm going to go run set up. I'll be back. But thank you for asking. <laughs> like that doesn't change just because they get bigger. <laughs> nope. Yep. And then the more you practice, saying your needs, the more your partner will be able to recognize like, okay, she needs something. So this yeah. morning, my husband was like, okay, I'm gonna just take one of the kids because <laughs> this is a struggle. <laughs> yeah, you take the easy child, I'll take the other. Let's I like go. that. You, you do you take the easy child, but we should just create like a little sign or a t shirt or something. You take the easy child. today. Yeah. Awesome. And luckily, it's it's always at least one that is like, okay, I'm gonna give you a break, mom. They, they like to take turns. They do. I think that that's pretty consistent. When one is a pain, the other one's not so bad. So good. Yeah. yeah now that's good. That's good. That's good. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so you can find Jenna on Discover 
I'm, I keep wanting to say discover her health, but it's discover Everyone health. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just discover health. Yep. Discover, discover health. health. You can yep. find her there. We can find her on discoverhealth.com. And what was the other website? Product was... recommendations are nursegenerecommends.com. Awesome. Awesome. And so, and you've got this Instagram started up now and you're putting some good information out there. So I'm so happy to kind of see you out from the, 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 the institution and get to see your personality a little bit. Yeah. And um, you've always been amazing with all of my clients. Thank so you. I just, I'm so excited to see you out there and kind of giving your, your good care and your good, your, your, your great advice to thank women. You. I really am, am super excited for well, you. Thank so you for being an example in this space of what it means to be stellar and um, I appreciate that example for sure. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Awesome. Well, thanks so much to be on. And hopefully we'll meet in person one of these days. Oh, so soon. Even All right. if it has to be a play date. Exactly. Exactly. Babysitter. Yes, <laughs> All right. Exactly. Take care. Bye now. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell a friend to do the same. Register now for the free on-demand postpartum mama masterclass, how to overcome the three most common return to run mistakes. You can skip to the good part and get back to running while missing these mistakes. Find this and more free resources under the patient section on carriepagliano.com. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carrie Pagliano and her guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.